3: I'm Whitmer and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
7: Headaches, headaches. Aspirin commercials give me headaches. Just when I'm feeling chipper as you please. That's when they show me all my sinus cavities. Headaches, headaches. Headaches, those sponsors don't care how my head aches See that announcer, he looks so fine His head should ache like mine (laughs) Headaches, headaches Those pounding hammers give me headaches They say it once and then they say again Oh, tension, pressure, pain Oh, tension, pressure, pain Headaches, headaches Those sponsors love it when my head aches Mother, don't hand me those pills from the shelf I'd rather do it myself Love it when my head aches There is one remedy that's unsurpassed And their commercials give me headaches Fast, fast, fast Headaches Headaches Aspirin commercials give me headaches Today I swallowed the best cure yet I ate my TV set. <laughs>
0: <laughs> From the town's under.
4: Welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the uh, second hour of our three-hour tour, uh, known as the uh, Tom Sumner program. And uh, welcome to live radio, folks. We've uh, had it happen once again, where I had previously uh, I had scheduled for this hour. Um, and I played that little piece from uh, Alan Sherman to buy a little bit more time for... Uh, my scheduled guest to uh, connect and uh, we were not able to make that connection I was going to talk with dr. Lenny Peters about his new memoir barefoot to benefactor my life story of faith and courage it's a very interesting story and I hope we get it rescheduled so I'll uh, have to shift gears here from what was posted uh, initially and what I announced earlier in the show but I'm going to keep it in the medical vein um, because of uh, oh wait a minute maybe that's my uh, maybe that's my call there Sorry for that pause, folks. That's uh, that's my planned guest joining us uh, now, who, as I mentioned, uh, is the author of, uh, I, I guess you would call it, a memoir, uh, "Barefoot the Benefactor: My Life Story of Faith and Courage" by Dr. Lenny Peters. And uh, Lenny joins me now by phone. Good morning, Doctor. Welcome to the show. Good morning.
8: Good morning, Tom.
4: Um thank you for having me. Oh and and uh thank you for uh for calling in. I, I appreciate it. Um one of the things that's that's especially interesting about your book. You were born and raised in India and then you practiced law in the UK and Africa before coming uh, to the United States. Um where did you go to uh medical, medical school?
8: school. Uh, in India. Yeah, so I'm from uh, South India, uh, the southernmost uh, tip, um, a state called Kerala. I'm a Christian by faith, and we are a small minority, uh, 5% uh, in in India. And that's a big part of my life. I'm driven by my faith. So um, I was able to go to med school very early. Um, There's a program called the Accelerated Program um, so I left my small village uh, with uh, in a small home, uh, no running water or, or electricity at the age of 14. Uh-huh. Uh, I went to pre-med, um, went, to the, went to the city, uh, packed two bags, one um, I carried, one my father carried. We walked across the paddy fields and took a bus to the city and never came back. So that was 14 years old, uh, started my pre-med and then went straight to medicine finished medicine early and then i i really wanted to go to london to practice um and um i was able to and and i studied there in london have two um degrees after md from london um so that's uh, that's the course and i went to africa for a few months um as a medical missionary and and then you
4: um emigrated to the United States and landed in uh, at the University of Pittsburgh.
8: Right, so I was uh, very fortunate. Uh, I I come from very humble beginnings uh, but I was um, introduced to a a very nice gentleman in London. He was a sir, a knight um, in the royal family. He is a doctor and Sir Grey uh, so he took me under his wings and helped me grow in London. Um, I looked after three of his hospitals for him. Um, and so in return, he would invite me to his little palace outside London to play croquet every Sunday and have dinner with the royalty. So I started uh, in a very, very humble uh, beginning in, in the poor part of London and ended up uh, playing croquet with the royalty. So. I say that because that's, uh, that's part of why I write this book, because it's not where you come from, it's where we are going that makes a difference. Um, the reason I wanted to share these stories with others is that I have never met anyone who could change yesterday, and I don't know of anyone who could accurately predict tomorrow. So what do we have? We have today. So let's make the best of it. I think our country is too very polarized people. We can't talk to each other. I think we cannot see the goodness in others. I, I could have taken a negative attitude towards the British because they came to India and, and, and um, ruled us for, for 400 years, did uh, not so good things, but they also did, I chose to look at what, they, what good they did. They um, built railway from north to south, east to west, united the country otherwise we would have been similar to africa with 25 small little countries and they gave us the international language of english so we had to learn everyone has to learn english from grade one so that's why i could write a book in english so i decided to look at what good they brought to us so and what is what inspires them to do this a small island in, in uh, Europe, yet they were able to colonize so many countries, and how did they do that so when when uh, instead of having anger uh, towards them, I chose to try to understand and so I was accepted to to the higher levels of the English and the British society so he decided he said he was, he was like I was like his son. He said, Lenny, you've done everything you can in, in the United Kingdom. I need you to go somewhere else so you can further your career. Uh, I don't want to hold you back. It's better for me to keep you here, but that's not in your best interest. So at that moment, at that year, was the first liver transplant happening at the University of Pittsburgh, a doctor named John Starzl. So University of Pittsburgh is the first liver liver transplant center and still one of the largest in the world. So he made phone call. He is a very influential man. He has donated a lot of money all around the world, called and created a position for me in November. They already took all their trainees in June, July, as every year. But because of his call, they created a position for me in November, and I came there to study liver transplant and then went into internal medicine, became chief resident there at the university, the first foreign graduate ever become chief resident for the first time in 140 years. Um, then I stayed in the gastroenterology liver area and became a gastroenterologist and moved to Wake Forest University in North
4: Carolina. And I want that to was- talk about that um, in, in a minute, but, but first... Um, Lenny, how difficult was it to transfer your medical credentials to the UK and then to the US?
8: Um, That's another uh, benefit of um, having the British there for many years. We were all trained in the same books as the United States or the uh, UK. English books, books in English, Grey's Anatomy the physiology book. So although you have a, a degree from India, it's very transferable. That's why I chose to become part of the reason I, I'm a healer by, by birth. I, I wanted to heal people. But it also helped me able to move um, seamlessly. Although when, you, when I go to London, I have to take an entrance exam. I come to United Kingdom, United States, I have to take an entrance exam and train all over again. So the residency and the internship, I did three times, one in India, one in London, and one here in the UK. It's hard enough to do that one time, but I, I had to do it three times.
4: <laughs>
8: You're going to keep doing it till you get it
4: right, right? <laughs>
8: <laughs> uh, so there was an entrance exam, so I, I arrived. If you would uh, bear with me, I'll tell you the first day for me in London. Um, I did not have any and i did not know anyone in london so uh, a distant friend of mine said you know uh, my father works in british rail he's a ticket collector he's a uh, not a rich man poor person but he can give you a sponsorship papers i need a sponsor so he sent me the sponsorship and i needed uh, two thousand dollars to buy my airline ticket uh, and other expenses so i sold a soviet-made motorbike I had. We were aligned with Soviet Union and socialists at those days um, and got $1,000. And I borrowed from family and friends another $1,000, bought the ticket. I arrived in Heathrow Airport. And Mr. Joseph, who I've never met in my life, um, shows up uh, with a blanket and puts around me. And he said, uh, we are in the West London, Heathrow Airport is, this is where the rich people live. But so we're going today. We're going to the East London, where all the poor people live. And one day, maybe <laughs> you can live. We, one day, you'll be able to live live in the in the West London if Lenny, work hard. I have
4: to take a break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Because there's a lot of really interesting parts of uh, your story.
8: Sure.
4: All right. Of course. My guest is Dr. Lenny Peters, and we'll have more right after this. Everybody's
0: doing a brand new dance now.
2: Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
5: I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive, and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters.
3: While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses
5: Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show.
4: Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue now with my conversation with the author of a new book that tells his very fascinating story called Barefoot to Benefactor, My Life Story of Faith and Courage by Dr. Lenny Peters. Lenny, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. No worries. It's all good. Um, Just just before the... uh, Rick, you were talking about your uh, first day in London. You were born in uh, India, and uh, went to medical school in India, and then uh, started practicing in the U.K. and and spent a little time in Africa before coming to the U.S. And you were talking about your your first day in London. And as I as I remember, you were you had just landed at Heathrow Airport and were being introduced uh, to the concept of, of traveling from the west side of London to the east side of London where real estate was much more affordable. <laughs> and I think that's putting it mildly.
8: <laughs> that's right. So we went to East London and he has one room and he said, you sleep on the bed, I sleep on the floor. And he had a stove and he makes uh, rice and chicken in the, in the one room. So he made some rice and chicken and that was my first night in london and in two weeks later um i had the entrance exam in edinburgh i passed that and then i was able to get a job in london and i stayed and was able to work my way up to being able to um have dinner with the royalty
4: how long did it how long did it take you staying in that uh that one room flat um before you were employed and generating enough uh, income to afford a place of your own. Three weeks.
8: Really? Uh, exam was yeah. E- examination was two weeks later. I was very fortunate. Entrance exam. It's a uh, tough exam because of the um, the entrance. The whole exam. Uh, you have to answer a lot of questions. Watching uh, listening to conversations. And that's a British accent, sometimes hard to understand. Uh, but I was very fortunate, but 25% pass rate the first time. So I was able to pass, and then within a week, I, got it, I had a job.
4: Well, that's, so that's, that's I, marvelous. Now, you, you mentioned after you left London, and you became successful in London um, as a physician, and then... Um, you had a benefactor who helped get you placed at the University of Pittsburgh. And then you ended up going to North Carolina. And the question I want to ask, because it's kind of a loaded question, Lenny, is was it tougher going from London to the U.S. or from Pittsburgh to North Carolina?
8: Um... <laughs> I. I... <laughs> <laughs> very, very good question. I I would think it was uh, Pittsburgh to North Carolina was a, definitely a big change. There were a lot of common um, um, concepts between the Northeast and the London uh, on the British culture. So it, it was, although United States was different. But you said um, there was a real so, culture shock
4: um, when you went to North Carolina and I was reading some uh, material about you and about your book and at one point they refer to you as an immigrant of color and I I have to ask you about your name Lenny Peters does not sound like an immigrant of color right so So were people um, surprised in North Carolina I mean all of a sudden Lenny Peters shows up and and it's you Exactly. <laughs> did, did, you get, did you get funny looks and stares and people stammering a little bit, going, oh, what are we going to do with this guy?
8: <laughs> it was a big shock for me and for them. Um, they did not expect it. Um, and that, that's a very good point that leads to my other um, – I, I wrote this book. Uh, first uh, title I gave was Angels in My Life because, uh. like in London and many places – Um, I was able to come in contact with angels without wings and they lifted me up and get to where I am today. I'm the owner of the largest uh, minority-owned business in the state of North Carolina of any kind. Uh, Michael Jordan is number two. So to get to this level, and I know the uh, last three uh, presidents, um, well, so... All of those things happen we are the largest uh, independently on the healthcare provider um, in the in the whole area or in the state. Now, my point is that when I arrived in North Carolina, it was very different. It was thirty five years ago um, still very difficult to break in but i i the universe uh, sent me an angel again, so I met this doctor n Hampton, Childs. He couldn't be any more southern than 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 I ever met. He's a real <laughs> southern, <gentleman. laughs> real southern gentleman. Doctor came, trained at Mayo Clinic, and has this amazing practice. He wants to retire. So I wrote in this area for 100 uh, doctors, asking them they would sell a practice to me. I got three responses. One of them was Doctor Childs. So I, I he I spoke. Uh, I didn't speak to him. I wrote to him, and uh, he said, come and meet with me, and um, we will talk. So I went to meet with him. He also only seen my name, like you just said, Lenny Peters. So he was expecting someone else. So he opened the door and saw me. I could see his knees shaking almost um, <laughs>
4: this, this doesn't look like what? any lenny I ever met <laughs> no
8: what, what on what on earth is here? what is happening here but he was such, <laughs> that was absolutely what you just said the The shock was I could see in his face that he totally did not expect uh me um, where I, I look um so but he was a gentleman, he said, Lenny, come on in, let's sit down and talk. I told him my story and I want, where I come from and I want to do. And he said, you know, if I'm going to sell this practice, I'm only going to sell it to you. So in a week, he called me back and he said, I'm ready. So then he worked wow. for me for two years. On the first day I took over the practice, he said, you are the boss, you own the practice. I worked for you for two years. And he was such a wonderful gentleman, and he, he introduced me to, because he came from Mayo Clinic he had all the rich folks in his uh, practice, and he would take me to a, a, a one of the patients and say, uh, Jack, this is my son. If I'm not here, I want you to take care of him. And he'll say, I could be a multimillionaire owning a big company, and he'll say, yes, sir. Yes, sir, Mr. Hampton, John. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. <laughs> that's absolutely amazing,
4: amazing. But but it's also, um, it it also speaks a, a great deal to hope. Because you know we we have so many divisions in this country, as as you well know, and there are so many biases against people of color, against immigrants, and 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 yet with all of that. Someone, you know, deeply rooted in the American South um, takes you into his family, into his business that way. Is, um, it, 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 it really is very inspirational.
8: Yes, I, I did. Um, so that's not to say that I did not face prejudice. Oh, I'm sure. It, I, it, was, it was obvious and it was on my face. And I, I wanted to say that in the book so that it's said. It's not that I'm angry about it. Um, for, from, from the moment onwards, uh, it was difficult for the rest of the community to accept that this person with color speaking English with an accent is taking over the best practice in our community. Um, so I, I had a lot of uh, difficulties I had to face. Um, So I wrote about them so that it can be recorded. But then I said to myself, I have to use the power of forgiveness. It's not forget, but the the ultimate, the strongest uh, power is the power to forgive. So I used that, I continued to use that and I started working with them. I was the first man of color to accept it to the country club. I was the first man of color to be accepted to the, Uh, upscale uh, country club neighborhood owning a house in that neighborhood but i did not back off i just kept pushing forward and and not antagonizing anyone um and being thankful for the opportunities that we have so I, i think that's part of the reason i wanted to write the book the old south and how it has changed and we still have you know Problems across the country we can 't seem to get along, and I think bringing people together, maybe my story would help a little bit um, and that's that, that's uh, it, m- 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 my message um, I think we can find goodness in others if we look
4: and and you okay. talk you talk a lot about your thirst for knowledge and zest for problem solving and and perseverance, you know, sticking to it. Um, but does it help being really good at what you do in winning people over? Yes. Oh, yeah, I think that's very
8: important. Um, I mean, it's not as easy
4: for you to say, you know, I'm Dr. Lenny Peters, and I'm a great doctor. But But if you you know if you maintain a high level of, of uh, performance um, does that help to win people over
8: very much yes yeah you can we cannot just have words our words have to be backed up with actions and um, and uh, i i was very you know i can say with humility that i was I was a born healer, so healing becomes very natural to me, and taking care of people. Um, I wanted to be a doctor when I was uh, seven years old, people, my grandfather and mother tells me I would put a white, some kind of white cloth, cloth or a shirt around me and walk around and say I'm a doctor. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> born to do
4: it. How did you get the name Lenny Peters?
8: Oh, very good, very good question. So. In, uh, in, in in India, um, the Christianity came 20 years after Jesus uh, passed. St. Thomas brought Christianity. St. Thomas, Disciple of Christ, 2080. 20 so those days, the names were all Aramaic names. Um, like Peter was Patros. George was Jores. John was Johanna. Matthew was Matthai. David was David. So those were Aramaic names that we had for centuries. And when, 400 years ago, the first sailor, uh, Portuguese sailor, Vasco de Gama, came around Cape of Good Hope, landed in India in search of Indus, like Columbus did. Except Columbus took a right turn, Vasco de Gama took a left turn, landed at the right place. And come to India and then wanted to uh, promote Christianity. But we already have World Aramaic names. So when the British uh, took control, they said, we can protect you because we are a small minority if you take our English names. So all the Patroses became Peters. Okay. So that's how about three generations ago, we became Peters. So I didn't change my name. Um, My first name is, my first full name is Lenin. But it's pronounced Lenny. So I went Lenny Peters. My father was Joseph Peters. My brother is George Peters. My sister is Gladys Peters.
2: So <laughs> <laughs> those are all
4: such American-sounding names, and and I don't I, and and I hope this this isn't insensitive in in any way, but it just it just struck me as interesting that. You had this this um, very American-sounding name, and and now you're telling me your dad was Joe Peters and your brothers George Peters and your sisters Gladys <laughs> Peters, and, and I mean that just sounds like it it could be uh, a family uh, you know living in the Bronx.
8: <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so we didn't change the name; it came. Um, on the other side some of my cousins did not change their name so i have a cousin who lives here in north carolina molly patros the original peters another cousin who lives here is johanna john it would have been anglicized as john as you know yeah. Matthew, mark and luke and john did not write bible it was rewritten by them uh, 600 years later so uh, those names were changed, and that's how I, I got the name, um, and um, my middle name is Joseph. Um, so uh, it is a very interesting concept, and, and, uh, and that, that takes us to the history of uh, Christianity in India. And you, and said, my, you said something yes. interesting
4: there, um, Lenny, about not changing your name. But did your name change you?
8: That's a good question. Um, I had a, an affinity for to travel and leave India. Um, I think part of, because I had a, a name, um, subconsciously I felt I didn't fit in in India. Uh, I had to, so I made a decision to leave India very early. Partly because, you know, I'm pretty anglicized, westernized. Number two is that our opportunities being a minority uh, to become someone important in India is much more difficult because 70 percent are Hindus and therefore being a democracy, they elect Hindus for political positions and appointees become because most um, of the uh, oil industry airline industry railways all owned by the government so i felt that my future would be brighter uh, elsewhere so to answer your question i think my name had some influence in my decision to leave say if i had a very uh, hindu name i fit in very well and i'm part of the majority and maybe i would have stayed there yes
4: interesting um what do you think when you see uh, the berating of immigrants that, that has been happening in American politics over the last few years?
8: That's very unfortunate and unfair. I think immigrants are a group of people that very strong because in order to become an immigrant, you have to give up everything that you know, everything that you're comfortable with, and your family and your friends and your community that you grew up in, and, and that make a move to, to go to another culture and learn the language, learn the culture. So it, would, it, it takes a very unique person to do that. So if you have 1.3 billion people in India, uh, it, it's a very small percentage uh, will have the tenacity to do that. So when most people come to a country as an immigrant, um, they already have that um, inherent ability and desire to contribute. So, if we can nurture that and if support that, I think we'll all make uh, um, we'll, they'll all make a contribution. And I think uh, taking an approach against immigrants is is unfortunate, and that shouldn't happen.
4: Also, I I read that um, the the kind of um, resistance that you experienced as an immigrant, you really experienced for the first time in North Carolina. You really didn't experience it in Pittsburgh. You didn't experience it in the UK, and I'm guessing you didn't experience it in Africa.
8: Right. Most most of that was uh, in. Uh, in North Carolina in the South and I'm not picking Uh, and I don't mean to pick on
4: North Carolina It could have been Mississippi (laughs) it could have been um, you know Alabama it could have been anywhere in the American South but but that was the first time that you really experienced um, this this sense of of, um, would you would you call it out and out bigotry or just um, bias and prejudice
8: I think it's bias prejudice and racism yeah I think it is Um, it's just um, you know uh, part of it is not knowing uh, the unknown and they're fearful of something new Um, and also when uh, when an immigrant is doing well and succeeding and growing that makes uh, makes them more uncomfortable, um, you know. So most of my success started in North Carolina.
4: And uh, so you, that know, we, was another reason. you mentioned um, your very very successful uh, business uh, endeavors, and and um, mostly in the in the medical field. We didn't we didn't even talk about your charitable foundation.
8: Yes. So I have three areas in, in business. I, I'm also a banker. I started uh, a commercial bank back in 1991 in a double white trailer here in North Carolina. We took that to 68 cities and three states. Uh, took that to, stock, uh, to NASDAQ. And I was the lead director and chairman of the loan committee for 25 years. So that's a big accomplishment, a doctor, the first time ever applied for a license and got started a commercial bank. And three of my friends and I did that. Uh, So so that's one. And I started a second bank uh, four years ago, uh, which is a small bank. Now my first bank is uh, a four-state bank um, in Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia. So that's another area of my facet. And we're also uh, very big in... um, commercial development. I'm the largest developer in the area. Um, So all of that being said, uh, that was not fully satisfying for me uh, because, you know, as we all know, no matter what we have, we cannot take anything with us. So um, uh, Egyptian um, pharaohs tried that 400, 4,000 years ago, um, buried with um, all the gold and jewelry so they could have all of that in the next life but four thousand years later we opened those caskets they are still there so if they couldn't take it we cannot take it either so i decided this was not my calling in life to continue to create wealth so i created i started a charitable uh, foundation called the lenny peters foundation i wanted to make that uh, doing good things around the world so we chose Um, orphan children and cancer patients. And, for example, this book, all the proceeds uh, uh, from the sales of the book, all the proceeds, 100%, go to orphan children and cancer patients. Uh, I pay for all the expenses. Yes.
4: Lenny,'m I'm, I'm afraid we have to end it there. We're out of time, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and uh, and your work past, present, and future. Do you have a website?: Yes, it's
8: the lennypetersfoundation.org perfect LennyPetersFoundation.org. foundation.org.
4: Well, the name of the book is Barefoot to Benefactor, My Life Story of Faith and Courage by Dr. Lenny Pe- Peters. Lenny, thank you so much for spending this time with me and sharing your story with me and the listeners. And keep up the good work. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Again, Dr. Lenny Peters, the book is uh, Barefoot to Benefactor, My Life Story of Faith and and courage. We're going to take a short break, but there's lots more of the Tom Sumner program still ahead. We'll let our broadcast partners squeeze in a few words. If you're streaming us, we have some messages. Hello there,
7: citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out.
6: While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and take precautions until we reach our destination. Freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at Michigan.gov slash COVID A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services.
2: This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Program.
0: Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on The Tom
2: Sumner Program.
1: No, it's my first the time. the first time on. Yeah. Well, let me explain to you what we're going to do. Here. Right. First of all, we work this show with three cameras. Three cameras? Yes, we have three cameras. We have one in the center over here, uh-huh. we have one on the side, oh, yeah. and one over here on this side. Oh, yeah. Now, all three of these cameras are immobile. They're where? They're fixed. I didn't know that. Yes, they're stationary cameras. Oh, oh, oh. They don't move. You said fixed, doesn't it? Well, they're fixed in place. I uh, had my cat fixed, we can go there Oh, now. no, no, no. He just sits in the bread box and stares at me now. It's very important. We call him Sam Spade. All right. Just forget about your camera. I have to explain to you what we're going to do. Well, the important thing is just look at the camera where you see the red light. First of all, we'd like you to uh, tell us something about yourself. We know that you are a doctor. Yes, a D.M. an M.D. M.D. MD, MD. <laughs> doctor. And in, uh, in medicine today, it seems to me that most men are specializing. Well, what's happened an awful lot today in medicine is that we have found that uh, in medicine that many of the people, particularly the doctors, are specializing. Yes, well, I'm certainly glad you cleared that up for me. Uh, we were uh, talking about that old last Thursday, not the doctor place. The hospital. The hospital. The hospital, the hospital. Yeah. And, uh, and how about you, Doctor? What's yours? Uh, bourbon, if you have no, it. No. Well, Doctor, I, I mean, in, uh, in what field do you operate, sir? Well, we don't operate in the field. We have a new building. No. Building. Some of the older ladies complain of grass stains. Uh, <laughs> well, are you an obstetrics? No, we're down next to the elevator. Uh, uh, I, I mean, you do have a specialty Someone comes to see you Your name's on the door there Oh, yes And uh, it's yes. As your specialty Right, I'm a surgeon, surgeon. C-E-R-G-O-N <laughs> You're a general surgeon? Yes, I do You, uh, you do general surgery? Yes, I am well, Which I was correct, of course, we realize you don't operate alone. No, we like to have a patient there. Uh, doctor, you go cutting right through the woods otherwise. John, doctor, I, I mean that you, you do have a crew to assist you. Oh, if you I See, be. I'm asking you these questions because I would imagine there must be thousands of young men around the country. Well, there must be. I can't get on a golf. Yes, I know. But I, I meant watching our program tonight. And I'll bet you a lot of these young fellas are interested in medicine. Well, I hope so, uh, because we've got a lot of it we're trying to sell. No, 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 they don't want to buy any medicine. We're overstocked in Oreo Mass. No, doctor, I mean, some of these young fellas watching the show tonight might have an interest in a medical career. Oh, hallelujah. Well, we certainly need them. Well, we need them down at the doctor's place. Oh, not the, not the hospital, of course. I think these young <laughs> fellows should realize you just don't get to be a doctor. No, sir, you've got to study. You study. 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 <laughs> Long, hard period of training. You certainly are. You have to study everything. Study is as study does. Isn't that the you truth? must read lots of pamphlets oh, yes. and hang around the drugstore. Oh, yes. Uh, pharmaceuticals is a great study. It certainly can. Yeah, yeah. Doctor, you were very high in your class. No, I get high on weekends. No, no, no. <laughs> doctor, you graduated magna cum laude. Magna cum laude. Right, That's right there. Number one in the class of over 400. 412, yes, sir. I was class president and uh, captain of the lacrosse team. Is that so? And I was also the uh, valedictorian. The valedictorian. one sure. Valedictorian of your class. In your valedictory address, Doctor, you included a motto. I certainly will. No, I haven't heard this motto, but I understand this is the thought that you claim is responsible for having... Put you in the eminent position you now uh, enjoy in the medical world. Medical world is as medical world does. Well, that isn't the motto. No, 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 no. Well, I wonder if we could prevail upon you, doctor, to pass your motto on to our television audience at this time. You know it might help some of these young fellows would like to follow in your footsteps. I'd be more than coy. Oh, you're wonderful. Thank you. I knew you were talking Thank you. The motto that has helped me
9: through life and
1: through school, and it goes... ...how many times have we jumped over and said to ourselves, let's go back... These are the new things, and throw out, and we go back and say, How many, and that's not enough. We must feel in our hearts that the highway of life is paved, and we must walk the white line of life, and know that each of us that has ever and gone back has known that the new... Don't touch me. The newness, we can feel that as you lift it, lift it as you... No not why, but why know not. These are the things that we worry. All of us gather a whole big bunch of it and throw it against the wall sometimes. (laughs) Sure there was something in there for almost everybody. Oh yeah. I want to thank you for taking some of your valuable time and spending it here with us tonight. Well, I feel that if I can bring, uh, and, and whether or not... Yes, well, I'm still working on throwing it against the wall, so we'll work on that. But I I did want to ask you one question before you left, Doctor. Uh, You're familiar with this great problem that's uh, uh, just covering the whole world, the population exposure. Oh, big problem, big Big problem. problem. And and I I don't have the figures readily at hand, but I understand that somewhere in the world there's a woman having a baby every couple of seconds. Yes, that's the problem. We've got to find her and stop her. All right, Doctor.
0: my skin I've got you deep in the heart of me so deep in my in my ears. And Sacrifice anything come what might for the sake of having you near. In spite of a warning noise that comes in the night and repeats and it shouts in my ear.